Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. How do I measure success is, number one, live your life. Don't go through life, please. Secondly, what is your life assignment? What is your calling? Your calling calls you. When you find your calling, you'll be a happier person. For Mother Teresa, it was helping the orphans. For Nelson Mandela, it was helping his own people. You know, for Nicole Kidman, an Aussie, she decided to act. Uh, to me, I'm a humanitarian. That's what I do. I'm an artist who's a humanitarian who happens to help all types of people. So, yeah, that's how I define success is that, you know, find and fulfill your life's calling. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. If you haven't listened yet to my recent conversations with Matthew Sweezy, author of The Context Marketing Revolution, and with Paul Chapman of the Australian Turntable Company, then do check them out, but only after you've listened to today's conversation, of course. Now, I'm really excited today to have on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest, Tim Storey. Tim is an acclaimed speaker, author, and life coach. He's well known for inspiring and motivating people of all walks of life, from entertainment executives, celebrities, and athletes, to adults and children in the most deprived neighborhoods in the country, USA. Tim has traveled to 75 countries and spoken to millions of people. He often meets privately to counsel high-profile leaders in various industries. Tim also hosts the World Shakers video podcast. In his new book, The Miracle Mentality, Tim provides a roadmap to transcend negative thinking and renew your mind leading to a transformed life with bigger adventures, more opportunities, and deeper meaning. In our discussion today, Tim talked to me about the importance of education, observation, and meaningful conversation in combination with one another. I love it. We talked about that we already have all we need inside us to live the miracle mentality. So Tim's book is more about bringing that out in ourselves. And we talked about how to reframe our thinking when there are what you can call life interruptions. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Tim's story. Hi, 
I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from Innova Biz, and I'm really excited to welcome to the Innova Buzz podcast today from Beverly Hills in California, USA, Tim Story, who's a speaker, author, a life coach, and he inspires and motivates people of all walks of life. Tim has traveled to 75 countries and spoken to millions of people right across the world, of course. He often meets privately to counsel high-profile leaders in various industries. So welcome to the Innova Buzz podcast, Tim. It's a real privilege to have you here as my guest. What a privilege. And I, and I love your name, Jürgen. <laughs> <laughs> it was the one I was born with. <laughs> All right. Now, Simon Leslie, who was our guest on episode 346 of the Innova Buzz podcast, suggested that we have a conversation with you, Tim, and he introduced us. So big hello to Simon. Yes, one of my great friends, and uh, we like each other so much, we go on vacation with each other. <laughs> <laughs> great. That must be uh, some wonderful conversations there then. Yes. Now, you're about to launch, well, you've written and, and it's all ready to launch, I think, the new book, The Miracle Mentality, which provides a roadmap to transcend negative thinking, which is something that I think is really topical right now and it it promises to renew your mind lead you to a transformed life with bigger adventures more opportunities and deeper meaning so i'm really interested to explore that further and of course you have another book well you have plenty of books but another one that i was really keen to explore further than that's from setback to comeback because in this time where we've all been impacted by the global pandemic and lockdowns and the inability to travel as as we perhaps had in the past um, these things are very topical now before we get on to those things though what is it that drives you and how does that shape what you do today i think that i i really just enjoy life you know since i was a little kid uh, i've always had a skip in my step you know i woke up in the morning as a child i look for two things i love cereal american cereal <laughs> and i love cartoons and so my mother describes me as a happy-go-lucky child. Um, I was very liked by my school teachers, very attentive, paid attention. I've always seen uh, life as being extremely positive. Yeah. Hmm. And and that hasn't changed all through all through your life so far. No, and you know I've had many many opportunities to. Uh, change the pattern of my thinking, you know, because we all have what I call life interruptions, whether it be your parents get divorced or somebody dies in the family, or maybe you're ill, even as a child. But I, I found that I had some type of inner bounce back in me that no matter what I faced, um, it was it was in me, it was in me to find a way to bounce back. And I've been fortunate enough to do so. Hmm. So in in the miracle mentality, you talk about um, three keys to drawing out that inner strength, and that's the education, observation, and conservation. So tell us a little bit more about that whole philosophy, how they hang together, and how that and how we can perhaps nurture and strengthen that inner resilience. I think, you know, when you when you decide to name your book Miracle Mentality, I think some people either they really leap towards that title 
or they they shy away because they think to themselves, you don't understand. I'm I'm living a very mundane life. Mm. And so, Jurgen, as I've traveled the world, I've learned that, you know, some people live in this mundane existence, which is just the day-to-day chores, which that's part of life. You know, we all have mundane things we have to do. But people oftentimes live in what I call the messy side of life, which is disheveled. And uh, they're disheveled in their mind, in their family, in their finances, in their job. So the mundane, the messy, and the madness, which is the chaotic, which is uh, the mindset of a lot of people since we've had this pandemic. I mean, Mm. very serious stuff. So the three points I talk about is observation, conversation, so observation, conversation, and education. I believe that through education, that we can get back to the right mindset. I'll give an example. When I was just 11 years of age, my school teacher liked me a lot. And he said, Timmy, uh, can you stay after class? I'll never forget all the little kids went, ooh, like he must be. (laughs) And so um, he said, you know, I, I really like your mind. And, you know, Jürgen, this, this was life-changing to me. He, he says, I think you're brilliant. I'd never heard that in my, in my life. Hmm. And he said, because of the way you think, I want to see if you'd like to check out one of my private books from my own library. And I said, I would really like that. I just liked him. He was a very proper man. And he pulled out a briefcase, which you don't see too many briefcases today, but he had one back then. He had three books, laid them across his desk, and I picked up the book uh, by a man named Irving Stone, who I later uh, met his wife and told her how the book changed my life. Irving Stone wrote a book about the life of Michelangelo. And as an 11-year-old, as I read that story about the art of Michelangelo, the mind of of Michelangelo, and and everything that he had to go through to do what he did, even though we were in a cramped, crowded space at home and we were lower income, my mind expanded. So through education, through getting that book and understanding, it helped me see beyond where I was. And that's part of the miracle mentality. Yeah, it's fascinating. I, uh, there's a book that I really enjoy that sounds like it might be similar. I haven't read that one. I'll have to go find it. The um, the one I'm referring to is um, Think Like Da Vinci. I think it's, uh, his author's name is Michael Gelb. He He's still alive. Uh, and, and it kind of analyzes the thinking behind all the different things that Da Vinci achieved in his lifetime. Yes. And it's a fascinating analysis because when you break it down the way he did, you say, well, you know, I have those traits. I have that mindset. I can develop that discipline. So, and if you take that to its logical conclusion, then you can say, well, I could do things that Da Vinci did. Yeah, and I like that. I think we should go there for a minute because I think that, Sometimes all we need is a glimpse of how somebody has maybe gone through 
you know, similar challenges or setbacks or life interruptions as us. And they found a way uh, through it and, and out of it. And so I, I like that. I like what you're saying because I, I am an artist. That's what I am. I am an artist and what I do, that's how I describe myself. And so as a young man uh, raised in a family where my mother was limited in education, sixth grade education, worked at what we called a donut shop. My father limited 10th grade education. Uh, he passes away at, at when I'm 10 years of age in a car accident in a way that was just just tragic he was going through a green light on his way to get my mother food at night my mother was hungry uh she had fed the kids and you know they were in a good mood and uh there was a certain restaurant that she liked and they called in the food he went to get it he's going through a green light a man he goes through a red light and hits him and 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 changes our lives but I, I just refuse to live and stay in that tragic time that we were in. And books and education was one of my ways out to not just formulate a miracle mentality, but to let my miracle mentality loose. Hmm. There's a big difference. See, I think that everybody thinks, oh, he's teaching me how to form a miracle mentality. Mm. No, I, I'm, I'm telling you, it's okay to lose it. Yeah. Because when many kids, not all kids, many kids, when they really get going, man, their imaginations are very vivid. Mm. So that's a, that's a great place to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, um, you know, I think you point out maybe in the book, maybe it's in something else that I read that, that we all have that imagination as children. We come up with ideas, we make up stories, we live in this imagined world, but it, it's not just like a wild idea. It's, it's a whole construct that, that we build and, and maintain. And then at some point in life, that ability or that imagination is educated out of it. I don't know, it's trained out of us. <laughs> Yes, and well, it, it, you just said it right there. Because what happens is that when you have a low ceiling in your home, it could be a physical ceiling, and it can be a mental ceiling, a, a ceiling of expectations, hmm. where like there's a lot of people's families that they they only expect the child to, to raise to a certain level. I've been to Australia 21 times. So I'm very familiar with uh, some of the dialogue about, you know, as an Australian, on, only go so high. And if you go through that place, that maybe your motives are not so great. Yeah, yeah. It's, okay. it's all... And we have the tall poppy syndrome here. So if you stand up, you get mown down. Yeah. So I, I've, I've dialogued with many, many people about this. Hmm. And so what I believe is that some people, because of this tall poppy syndrome, that they had vivid imaginations that were supposed to take them from an almost life. Almost means not quite. I almost finished university. 
I almost got the right job. I almost felt better physically, mentally, emotionally. I almost. I believe that we are created to be utmost, that the utmost God created utmost children. And so even though my location was, was in an inner city, lower income family, I knew someday I would influence a lot of people. And Oprah Winfrey said, you really knew it. I said, I knew that I knew that I knew. She said, at what age? At 10, I really did. I didn't know that I would someday live in Beverly Hills and have an elevator in my house, but I did know that I was born to do something spectacular. And so is every listener. Every listener is born to do something spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating when you set your mind to, okay, how, how can I, set that free and i guess the question i have you knew that you were born to have an impact on a lot of lives how did you then develop the direction and say well okay this this is the direction this is how i'm going to do that because a lot of people have ideas have thoughts and never really get started because they lack some self-belief they think, well, who really cares about this thing that I know about? Um, how did you get started to identify the the direction and the skill set that you knew would make a difference to people? That's, Jürgen, that's a great question. And so I'm going to actually give our listeners steps on how to do this, because I, I want everybody to find their beautiful place. And life is complicated. I still have to wear a mask. Uh, I'm quarantined. Um, we have had great friends that have passed. Uh, I have actually conducted funerals for people that have passed. So I, this is a very serious thing we're going through with this pandemic and the, the life challenges. So, but in the midst of, of that, life is still supposed to be lived. So I think number one, the first thing that we need to do to find this miracle mentality and this plan for your life the number one you have to wake up you have to wake up i feel like a lot of people are sleepwalking yeah and that even the pandemic shook people sometimes they're shaken by it uh it could be a doctor's report you know you may have this you know they're not sure but you you may have it or your husband saying i'm i'm honey I'm just not happy, or the wife, I'm just not happy, or your your son saying, I'm moving to the United States. Mm. But son, you're only 16. <laughs> <laughs> so number one, you have to wake up. Number two, you have to take inventory. That is something people don't do properly. You need to take inventory of your life. How am I doing mentally? How's How's the clarity of my mind? How am I doing physically? How do I really like my job? How am I doing financially? How am I doing with my family? Do I have a social life? So you wake up, number two, you take inventory. Number three, you're gonna love this. You gotta partner with the right people. Hmm. And the partnering with the people is one of the most important parts of these steps. Because if you partner with the wrong 
people, most times they'll take you on a detour to the wrong place. The partnering with the right people has changed, changed the lives of so many of my friends. And so you, you, you have to partner with the right people who have the right mindset, okay? And the right motives. And then I'm almost done with this part. Once you partner with the right people, then you have to formulate the right plan. And I find that sometimes the plan evolves because you're partnered to the right people. That's what happened to me. I started partnering with the right people and the plan began to evolve. Yeah, yeah. And and that comes back to education, observation and conversation, doesn't it? Because if you're partnered yes. with the right people, you observe what they do, you have conversations with them that helps shape the plan, helps uh, modify the plan that maybe you've come up with yourself in isolation. And, and of course, you'll learn a lot. Yeah, 100%, because in, even in dialoguing with you from Melbourne, Australia, but you you said you're you're from Germany? That's right. Yeah, okay. So I'm, there's so much I can learn from you. I mean, I've been to Germany uh, probably 27 times, uh, but I've only got out of the airplane to be to walk on the, the soil of Germany yeah. about five times. <laughs> so I really don't know much about Oktoberfest. Yeah. So if I dialogue with you from just being around you, I can learn about Germany. I can learn about Melbourne and, and say Melbourne and not Melbourne. And so there's so much we can learn from this power partnership. So I have been shaped by the people around me. As a young person in, in Hollywood, I was around the greats like uh, Charlton Heston, who played Moses. I was around Jack Lemmon, Walter Matthau, Elliot Gould, uh, Vidal Sassoon. Um, you know, that's just unheard of for a, a young man that came from the inner city, that then has a, a gifting that some of these people needed for various reasons. And I mean, come on, they, they help shape me. These people mm. shape me. Yeah, yeah. And that must be fascinating. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're all names that most of us would know pretty well and have seen on the big screen and watched in movies and perhaps admired for their acting abilities. But behind those, behind what we see from a distance, of course, there are people, which I think, often gets forgotten, particularly when the press gets stuck into them for something or other. But there are people that have their own challenges and their own goals and skills, right? And yeah, can, I, can I give you an example just real quick? Mm. Tony, Tony Curtis, which a lot of young people would not know who that is, but he was the Brad Pitt of his day, young people. Yeah, yeah. So Tony Curtis was my great friend and we were dialoguing one night and, and he said, Tim, there were so many times in my life, I just thought I was a simple person that was gonna go nowhere. And you know what, that's all of us. We've all been in struggles where we thought, I'm a simple person or maybe even less than, and it looks like I'm going nowhere. For Tony Curtis to tell me that, hmm. 
and and then to say, but I just stuck with it. I stuck with it. I stuck with it. I stuck with it, and I begin to get little break after little break, and and so that's what I believe, Jurgen. I believe that life is a series of small breaks. It's not always one gigantic break. It's a series of small breaks. Hmm. Yeah. Well, the, the idea of an overnight success, whether that's in in uh, show business or in other businesses is kind of a fallacy, isn't it? It's um, people see the success from the outside, but they don't see all the hard work that's gone in and all the setbacks that have gone in on the journey towards that success. Yes. And were you going to ask me about how I got to know these people? Because I, 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 I cut yes. you off. Yes, I was. How, how, so how did you first get involved with celebrities and, and discover then that you had this ability to talk to them in a way that um, opened up opportunities or possibilities for them that perhaps they weren't, uh, you know, they were in a different place and that changed their mindset. Yeah, I really, I really believe this. There's, there's a proverb in the Bible that says, the person who becomes skilled at his craft he will serve at the highest level and not be obscure. And so what I learned early is be good at something, Tim, be good at something. And let's say if I was good at sports, I try to be the best I could be. That doesn't mean I was always the best on the team, but I, I would try to be the best I could be. Well, that created a pattern that if I was a dishwasher at a restaurant, I became the best that I could be. If I was a busboy at a restaurant, I was the best that I could be. And so that pattern continued. And when I went to seminary and I ended up getting a doctorate in world religion, I took a lot of classes on therapy and I became very good at, at getting someone through a crisis. And if they had a setback, I knew how to find ways to get them out. It, it was a gift, but a skill. Hmm. Okay. So then I got mentored by a, a very famous um, professor named Dr. Helen Mendez, who taught at USC, University of Southern California in uh, Los Angeles. It's a prestigious school. And she mentored me for over 18 years. And she helped me to become this comeback coach. Well, everybody needs a comeback. Hmm. So my my dialogue with these stars was, it was their nephew or their niece or someone on their staff or their own child. And then they would say to another friend, Oh, that's happening to this young person. Oh, I got this guy, Tim Story. And it just began to be people dialoguing and saying, you should get this guy. So, you know, I'm not great at a lot of things. I'm not a great cook. I'm not great at fixing cars. <laughs> but I'm, I'm good at taking knots out of your life. <laughs> <laughs> if you got a, a, a tight knot in your tennis shoe, that's my gift. Yeah. Yeah. And and the key point there also is that you worked really hard along with 
mentor so you surrounded yourself with the right people as you said earlier worked really hard on being the best you could be at that one particular thing yeah Jurgen, and the best i could be and, and this is where people need to take pressure off themselves number one i think being a mother even if you um are not working and you're staying at home that's a lot of work <laughs> yeah like you got to be really gifted at that. I mean, you need a miracle mentality to do that. But I I think that's just as great as to do that as to be Katy Perry. I mean, if if that's what life assignment has been given to you right now, have a miracle mentality as you're raising those children because what a what a privilege to raise children. Hmm. If if somebody works in the oil field and that is what your assignment is, then do the best you can and have a miracle mentality in it. So this is not about show business. This is not about getting rich. This is about doing your assignment. And, and I'm telling you, I, I did my assignment as a dishwasher and worked just as hard as I am as this guy who is allegedly is pretty doggone good at what I'm doing out here in Hollywood. Yeah. 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 And, and, you said take the pressure off. I think one of the things I read about you or heard you say somewhere was focus on getting better every day. So yes. think think about, yeah, I want to be the best at this thing that I'm doing, but focus on getting better every day. So then it, that, to me, that that is such great advice because then it doesn't become overwhelming. Whilst you might have a goal in mind, it's taking action every day to um, move forward. Yeah, like I'll give you an example. In, in this book, I get very open and honest about even things in my life. Like, um, I, I battled depression. Um, my father battled depression. My brother de uh, battled depression. I battled depression. Not at a deep, deep level, but at a, at a level to where out of seven days of the week, probably three, I wake up not feeling good at all. Hmm. And I discussed this with a, a famous entertainer. I'll say his name, Smokey Robinson. And he said, Tim, very, very similar for me. And he said, part of it is because our job is we're on these stages and you're, you're up. And you have all that energy. And you, you meet people in the back room and, you know, people clap for you. And you, you come down. And so I remember I used to feel bad about myself for years. Like, you know, come on, Mr. Life Coach to the Stars. <laughs> you know, um, you're badly, you're, you're fighting. And so I, I learned, you know, Tim, just try to get better. And I, I started finding different remedies of, of waking up and doing my prayer and meditation time first not just checking my emails to find out more of what people wanted from mm. me. Exercise started to play a, a key role in my life, but also I started to make time for my social life to be around people that I loved and not just give out all the time. And so I, I've learned to get better. I'm not cured and I'm, I may never be cured, of yeah. this, but I'm better and I'm okay with that. Mm. Well, I think there's a philosophy in NLP that says, you know, none of us are broken. Um, yes, we've got baggage and 
and we can work on improving ourselves, but we have all we need inside of us and, and nothing is really broken. Yes. Hmm. So unless you've got, you know, physical ailments, um, then, but even, even there, I mean, I was watching something the other day where uh, a young, young kid, I think he was 10 and he had, uh, and I can't remember what the issue was with his limbs, but he had a serious issue with his limbs so much so that all four limbs had to be amputated and wow. which <laughs> talk about a setback. Uh, now this, this kid is now playing basketball. He's, you know, he's playing wheelchair basketball and he's obviously getting into the news and acting as an inspiration to others. So he's, he's there helping others. So he's obviously realized this is my calling. Um, not only can I overcome this and, and still live a relatively normal life, but I can also, I can also inspire others to do the same. Jürgen, I think you would agree that in this case, that is a miracle mentality because mm. a, a miracle is something uncommon, not normal, not the standard, supernatural, extraordinary. So I think the young man somehow, somehow um, he allowed that miracle mentality to be loosed. Mm. But, but again, I think this is important that, that I'm telling the people in this book, the miracle mentality, I'm not trying to, to get you to go get it. Yeah. Like, you're, like you're trying to find gold. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to get you to release it. Yeah. And, and you say, you say, it's not there. My parents were the most boring people in, <laughs> in, in, in Oslo, Norway, because, you know, I traveled the world. And, and you know what? Maybe they were. But inside you, the more I talk to psychologists um, about this, they tell me, they say, Tim, you're so on to something. Because even if a child is quiet, usually his mind or her mind is soaring somewhere else. Mm. So that some people think, you know, my, bless my kid's heart, there could be something wrong with him. <laughs> he, he, he barely talks. Yeah, he's becoming the next Einstein. So I'm, I'm trying to help you to release your miracle mentality not to go just find it. Hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a really important point, isn't it? That we all have things inside of us that perhaps we keep suppressed for one reason or another. Um, and, and there's a saying I was reminded of as you were saying that, and that's still waters run deep. Yes, hmm. very much so. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, now, you know, you, we've talked about, um, you working with celebrities and and changing changing their uh, mentality in some ways when they're when they're having downers. Uh, but how how do you measure success? I I measure success on based on assignments. Like for instance, so my mother she taught us don't do a half blank job. <laughs> <laughs> So if she said, Timmy, go clean your room. Don't just pick your toys up, but clean it. Now, Jürgen, I knew what that meant. 
her standard was super high. Mm. Okay. So the way I measure success is number one, to live your life, not just go through life. And I don't buy into this thing where everyone says, you know, that life is so short. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you why I say that. Because when I was in school in America, they have kindergarten, then you have summertime, then you have first grade, then you have the summertime, then they have the second grade, then the summertime, then the third grade, then the summertime. It took me forever to become 20. (laughs) (laughs) But the reason for that is I had slowed down to the speed of life. Fully present, fully feeling, fully alive. So I'm not in, I'm not caught in this rat race the world has decided to get in. That's not how I do life. Look, look how animated I am. Hmm. I've been, I've been up since 4.30 this morning and I'm, I'm animated and I'll, I'll stay animated all day. I really will. So how do I measure success is number one, live your life. Don't go through life, please. Secondly, what is your, life assignment what is your calling your calling calls you when you find your calling you'll be a happier person Hmm. for mother Teresa, it was helping the orphans for nelson mandela it was helping his own people you know for nicole kidman and ozzy she decided to act uh to me i'm a humanitarian that's what i do i'm an artist who's a humanitarian who happens to help all types of people so yeah, that's how I define success is that, you know, find and fulfill your life's calling. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. And, and you said something there, be fully present. And I think there's, I think that is so important today because, um, and, and I'm reminded, and I can't remember who said this also, but uh, <laughs> stuck in my mind was live your dream awake. There's a lot of people are living their dream, but they're asleep through it. <laughs> they're actually not. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, in this idea with this, a lot of dream talk nowadays and a lot of influencers, it used to be like there was like seven. <laughs> now there's seven billion influencers, yeah. you know, <laughs> telling us all this fancy stuff. I think that um, innately we know we're supposed to do something spectacular. And I use this illustration. That's why kids, a little kid may play with a toy. Spider-Man, what's that? Superman. You know, it's always something superific. Okay. People love Marvel. You know, they like the superific. There's there's something in us that, that wants to be superific. But again, my teacher was superific. Hmm. who saw something in little Timmy's story and said, hey, would you like to read one of my books? That was pretty superific. Hmm. See, so so sometimes it's those things that look like, uh, you know, deeds or actions that are unnoticed. Yeah. But I, I would not be Tim's story if it wasn't for men and women like that person. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really... Great point. Yeah, those unnoticed deeds. And if you, if you're observant to what's going on around you, there's probably a whole heap of those happening every day that you could take advantage of, right? Yes. 
All right. Well, this has been absolutely fabulous, Tim. I'm just aware of the time and I think it's a good point to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round. And it's designed to help our audience who are primarily leaders and innovators in their field with some tips from your experience. So I've got five questions and hopefully your answers will inspire the audience to go and do something awesome today if they haven't already got enough inspiration from what we what you I am this stuff. ready. <laughs> I'm ready for this round. Great. Well, what's the number one thing you think anyone needs to do to be more innovative? I think they need to be quiet. <laughs> they need to be quiet. Get into a place of peace, a place of quiet, and what you will download can change your life forever. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. And, and I find often that, you know, when you're working really hard and you take that time out uh, for me it's often going out and and going for a photo walk taking photography and my mind's just focused on that one thing or it's going on a bike ride on my own and it's just focused on being there and switching everything off, off else off and then i get new ideas and yes hmm. all right what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas um Education, conversation, observation. <laughs> yeah. um, I am a master at observing people. To get to be in the studio with some of the most brilliant recording artists of our day and watch how they take an idea and turn it into a masterpiece. Mm. Yes. Education, conversation, observation. Yeah. That shouldn't have surprised me. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Now, what's a favorite resource of yours? Um, make the question a little more clear to me. So do you have a favorite resource you use most often? I mean, it might be people from what you've been telling me. It might be, um, you know, maybe you write a diary. Um, maybe it's a, a book you're reading right now. I would say music. Mm -hmm. One of the things about my family, even though I'm black, we had all kinds of music playing in our house. We had James Taylor, Carole King, Stevie Wonder, Smokey Robinson, um, Cat Stevens, uh, things that people would never imagine a black family would have. Rod Stewart, um, the Little River Band, hails from Australia. <laughs> from a we, town we had, near, near us. There's a story yeah. around that. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've met some of the guys. Mm. So I, I am moved by music. I listen to music every morning. I'm moved by lyrics, music. I'm moved by Bob Dylan. Uh, music is a huge resource for me. I'm very rhythmic. Mm. Music, music is a big thing to me. Yeah, yeah, fabulous. Um, and you you brought up lots of names there that brought back memories. And I said, there's going to be songs playing in my head all of course. All around. You see that? Yeah. Though? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Little River Band. There's a little town. Um, the next town up the road from us is called Little River. And the story goes that the band, before they were called the Little River Band, were traveling from the road Melbourne to the coast here. 
and passed through or by Little River, saw the sign and thought, that would be a cool name for a band. Hey, and they, they hit it big. And um, I worked with probably the main guy or one of the main guys. I can't say who it is. But, uh, yeah, so I know a little bit about that band. Hmm. Fantastic. Now, what's the best way to keep a client on track when you're working with them? I want to know what's in them, what's, what's in their soul, what's in their spirit, what they feel like they've always wanted to manifest. And I, and I call it this. A person has to first have a revelation. Secondly, they have to have a conviction about that revelation. And then the conviction leads to action. So I'm never trying to move a client to somewhere I think they should go. I, I'm a master at pushing people's buttons. <laughs> what did you think about when you were seven? What did you want to be when you were nine? What did you want to be when you were 13? Who tried to take that away from you? So I'm a master at pushing buttons to her. I, I watch grown men and women cry in my sessions because I'm pushing those buttons and finding who they really are. Because when you get that revelation and that revelation leads to conviction and that conviction leads to action, you are pretty much unstoppable. Hmm. Fantastic. Yeah, I'd love to say... Love to see one of those sessions. <laughs> All right. Now, what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Um, I would say, number one, to realize you are already in your own lane. Hmm. You already are. Yeah. And then to quote someone who we, we do not know who started this quote, because so many of us say it. You've been born an original, don't die a copy. Hmm. So number one, know that you're in your own lane. Number two, you're born an original, don't die a copy. Don't be anything else but yourself, be authentic. And number three, find your authentic expression. See, no, no one else has your tone, your walk, your eyes, your movements. No one else is you. I'm not, I am not trying to be any other inspirational person or writer or anybody, but, but little Timmy story from Compton, California. I'm okay with that. 100%. Fabulous. Yeah. I love that. You're born original. Don't die. Copy. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yes, find your inspiration. Great. Well, Tim, this has been absolutely fabulous. Now, where can people find out more about you, find out about your books, perhaps even pre-order a copy of The Miracle Mindset and um, maybe even reach out and say thanks for what you've shared today? Yeah, thank you. I think the, the best way is just to go to timstory.com and story is S-T-O-R-E-Y, kind of like they do in England. Hmm. So Tim and then S-T-O-R-E-Y.com. And I would like them to get this new book. It took me two and a half years to, to write. And it's, it's called The Miracle Mentality. And it's how to release the miracles in your life. I think you'll find it as a beautiful read. 
And um, then obviously that will lead them to Facebook and Instagram and other things. But Jürgen, thank you for allowing me to be on your platform and your show. I like your mind and the way you think. That's a great privilege to have you as my guest. So do you have some parting advice to leave our listeners with today? Yeah, I would say this is that um, when you're feeling the sting of your setback, just know that life is preparing your comeback. And a lot of us have felt the sting of COVID and um, loss of jobs and a lot of challenges. But just just know it's the sting. It's the shock of it. But I believe that something is is changing in the atmosphere. So look up, behold, pay attention, rise up again, because somebody needs to see you rise one more time. Hmm. Yeah, that's fabulous advice. And finally, Tim, who else should I get on this podcast and why? I think that, um, you know, there's just so many great uh, thought leaders, uh, creative people. Um, I think you should consider having um, some people that I work with. It's uh, Jim and Jamie Shields and what they do, but I'll, I'll put you in contact with them. They, they do something called 18 Summers. And the whole idea is it's like we have 18 summers with our children. Hmm. And how important it is for parents to be fully present, fully feeling, fully alive in those 18 summers. And that the, the and then the idea also is that we all have dysfunction and the I in, in life so many parents are just trying to, you know, fix the dysfunction so that the family will finally have some good moments. But they're really good at teaching families on how to have special moments and special times in the midst of growth. Hmm. Jim and Jamie Shields are fantastic. I've, I've interviewed them on uh, several occasions and they do a great job all over the world. All right. Well, sounds fascinating. And that, that really is a powerful message, isn't it? That uh, enjoy that time with your kids because I know, you know, ours are in their 30s now and uh, I sort of think back and think, where did all that time go? It's a blue so fast. So um, luckily we have fabulous relationship with them, but, you know, it's it's so easy to overlook that that time flies by very quickly. Oh, yeah. So we'll, we'll send you their information. Just contact uh, our office and we'll send it to them, to you because they're, they're fantastic and all you that are listening will learn so much uh, from their family dynamic. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks very much, Tim. And thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights so generously with us today. I've really appreciated this, really learned a lot more about the book. I'm looking forward to the book, which publishes the, the miracle mindset, uh, the miracle uh, mentality. Mentality. That's it. I'm thinking mindset, the miracle mentality, which publishes early March. So by the time this episode publishes, it will be available. And Good. So I encourage everyone to go check it out. So thanks again, Tim. And I wish you all the best and let's stay in touch. Thank you. What a privilege.
I hope you enjoyed that wonderful and engaging conversation with Tim and took something away from his episode. I love the idea that we already have that miracle mentality inside us and it's very powerful, that idea, and can be inspiring if we embrace it and act upon it. I'm curious to know what you took away from Tim's episode. Leave a comment below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Tim Story. That is T-I-M-S-T-O-R-E-Y. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Tim Story. There you'll also find contact information for getting in touch with Tim, as well as links to his website, his books, his social media pages, and the other resources we spoke about in today's conversation. Now, I really implore you to share this episode with two other people that it might help. You're just doing a service to those people. And if you tag me in that share, I will thank you with a personal special little surprise. Tim suggested that we have a conversation with Jim and Jamie Shields of 18 Summers, the family board meeting, on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So Jim and Jamie, keep an eye on your inboxes for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast courtesy of Tim Story. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast. We're closing in on another milestone, episode 400, and we have yet more fantastic guests lined up, including coach, trainer, facilitator and keynote speaker Aidan Nepom from The Art of Change and author of Marketing to Mind States, Will Leach. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.